Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. This is Mac on the Rock, 94.5 FM, Blink Radio, Keep This Game. Well, as you can see, I'm going to dedicate a moment to my friend Glenn Beck. Met him once, honest, honest to God, at a Faith and Freedom conference. I hold him in high esteem, but I was in a sign a book line and as much as I wanted to talk to him, left him some documents that I had written in my town paper, told him that I was doing exactly what he asked me to do. Stand up and, and do not stand by. Be subject to change. Be a product of good things in your neighborhood, in your community. And I came to sing his praises for, I don't know, inspiring me to do exactly what I did. And I've said it many times, you know, I took my own horn, talk about creating the legal precedent for all Florida parents as the first to use the Florida 2010 Parent Empowerment Law, which is basically a parent trigger law, but Florida's is very unique. It has the only ballot-based parent trigger law, so you could just force the vote. And in 90 days, the county has to pay for the mailings, the mailing list and all. And I go around telling everybody how un-American the law is. Since I was the first to use it, I've actually done the state harm instead of good because I've galvanized a very un-American law because the teachers vote separately from the parents. Therefore, these things are hard to win without you know, the blessing of the principal who gets you the teacher's vote, and the teacher's vote threatened it to, uh, you know, in my case, bust the kids off a, a barrier island called Key Biscayne. It's about uh, eight, nine minutes off the coast of Miami in downtown Miami. So anyway, here I am talking about Glenn Beck today. Why? Because he told us about the caliphate. So here's a quick change of subject. I'm here to praise Glenn Beck. The man saw it. He understood it. He told everybody about it. He told you who was funding the propaganda machine. He's the one that, who let us know that Barack Obama is going to sell his soul to the Muslim faith. We all accused him of this in 2008. We all said that this was what's going to happen in 2008. We all said that Barack Obama was in one way or another a Muslim sympathizer. And now it's true. The guy's a Muslim, Muslim sympathizer. He's president of the United States as Barack Hussein Obama. But the truth is, he's governing like Barry Satoro. Who's this Barry Satoro? Who is Barry Satoro? That's the name his second stepfather gave him. Maybe it was his first stepfather. Some people say first, some people say second. I really don't know what his mother Durham was doing in her social life. It is obviously she had more than one lover. And there's even talk about first stepfather actually being Marshall Davis, the one who actually intellectually uh, indoctrinated Barack Hussein Obama. But I believe that the, the pattern was Barack Obama, the dad from Kenya, and taking a look at his son and wondering, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's mine. And probably knowing Marshall Davis. And in doing so, there's a reason why he hightailed. He had all kinds of problems. He had a lot of wives in Kenya, too. So he meets... Uh, his mom uh, meets uh, and marries a guy named Satoro. So here's the gem that Republicans, for some reason, 
could never figure out in 2008 on why Barack Hussein Obama could not and should not be President of the United States. I believe wholeheartedly that he was born in Hawaii. I don't have any doubts about that, regardless of the birth certificate being phony, rigged, printed, forged, whatever. I believe was, uh, he was born in Hawaii. Why not? But what I do know, and I do believe, that Mr. Satoro had Miss Durham, Brock's mother, rescind his American citizenship, make him an Indonesian citizen so he can get into the private school that he went to where he was in, influenced into the laws of Islam. And as Barry Satoro, he became an Islam there in Indonesia, in this private school that was only admitted Indonesian citizens. Now, once you turn 18, you should be, I believe the law does say that you can ask for your citizenship back for something your parents did when you were a minor. And since they have legal rights over you until you're 18, I believe the United States government will give you back your citizenship without question. I'm sure they'll, they'll give you a little bit of paperwork to do, but you should be able to get your citizenship back if it was rescinded when you were a minor living abroad, especially if they marry someone from another country. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But this is what I'm posing to my audience, and I can't believe others haven't done so. There's got to be documentations in court proceedings about Barack Hussein Obama's citizenship, not because he was born in Kenya like the stupid party of, grand old party of stupid people trying to push upon all the American people that only made us look like hateful and, and resentful and rancorous, trying to claim that somebody's running for president, first black president on top of that, first mixed breed, mixed race black president on top of that. Very intelligent guy who, for all intents and purposes, hey man, you know, he fundamentally changed the country for the worse. But nevertheless, he did it himself. I say that same thing about Fidel Castro. He fundamentally changed Cuba, stole its spirit, stole its, its morale, ruined its economy, ruined Havana, have it crumbled to the ground. But hey, you got to hand it to the guy. He did it. He did it his way. Like Sinatra would say, I did it my way. Well, Barack Hussein Obama, Fidel Castro, hurt their countries their way. You got to thank them for that. You got to thank you. That's it. Now he's ruining Europe, which goes back to Glenn Beck. He predicted the caliphate and we all thought he was a fool. I didn't. I believed it. I know. I know a little bit about the caliphate. I didn't know the word caliphate, though, I must say. I had to go to the dictionary when he said it on one of his shows for the first time. I had to go look to find out what this caliphate movement was. But I knew a little bit about it because of La Madre Patria, which is Spain. For Cubans, La Madre Patria is Spain. And I know the Moorish, decades of Moorish rule in Spain, 800 years of Moorish rule. And I know that the defining war occurred in the, the general vicinity of Austria. And the defining war for the Christians to defeat the Moors, who had pretty much conquered all of Europe back in the day, was September the 11th. And that's, I believe, why Barack Hussein Obama has to understand that that was the day that, that, that marked forever 
the beginning of the caliphate, the modern-day caliphate, for Osama bin Laden. If you're sitting there and you watch your president, George Bush in this case, George W., see two planes going into the World Trade Center, another one into the Pentagon, and another one ditched in the planes in Pennsylvania, you've got to be saying, wow, what an what a incredible opportunity for me to be president of the United States. Because, you know, I know a lot about this caliphate stuff that Glenn Beck's talking about. This is my moment. I know that Hillary's no good. I know that everybody hates her. I know that it, to people realize that Bill Clinton's a, a fink and a rat. I'm going to move in on this. And that's when Barack Obama makes his move for the primaries. Because, after all, George W. Bush was a two-termer. But here's the problem with Barack Obama, and this is his dishonesty. He, the moment he accepts foreign aid as a foreign student for Occidental College and for his bachelor's degree, he rescinds the opportunity to get back his citizenship. There's the technicality. There's where he's hiding his records. There he has to acknowledge that he committed not only student you know, aid fraud, but immigration fraud. Because the moment he's 18 years or older and he accepts foreign aid to get into Occidental College, he relinquishes his rights to get back his citizenship, his American citizenship. And that is a reason why he could never have run for President of the United States. I say it right here, right now, on Blink Radio. Blink once, yes, I said it. Blink twice, yes, you missed it. I said it. Call in and prove me wrong. Tell me where I went wrong there. You tell me that he didn't get foreign aid in Occidental College as a foreign student. You tell me where he didn't write foreign student on his application for financial aid or for enrolling for his courses there in Occidental College. And let's see how long it takes for those records to come come out as soon as he leaves the White House after ruining the country with socialized medicine, crushed the middle class, rewritten the, the Marriage Act, ignored the 14th Amendment on so many issues, including Obamacare and gay marriage, actually convinced the Supreme Court to rewrite the law and ignore the typo in the law. You know the law in Obamacare about the penalty and the tax and the tax and the penalty? He called it a penalty for years. For years, he called it, it was a penalty that it wasn't a tax. And now that the Supreme Court declared it a tax, well, that means that the, the bill and the, and the law should be null and void, rewrite it, take it back to Congress and fix it, and then bring it back to the Supreme Court. Instead, they rewrote it. Right there, they made law. They made American law, judicial tyranny. Nowhere in the Constitution, nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the people should be administered by the central government. So... Their health care should not be administered by the central government. That's for the states. If you don't like the one state's health care plan, move to another state. Same with the Department of Education. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the United States government was to educate the children of the United States. 14th Amendment. It goes to the states. Made it very clear that each state was supposed to educate their children based on the cultures, the geography, the trades, and the businesses of those localities. Why educate your kids in petroleum refinery and heavy science and, and chemical engineering if you have no oil in your state? You know? I understand that in an oil state, 
like Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Oregon, Washington State, you know, teach people chemical engineering because they, their likelihood they, they could be in the, you know, petroleum business, refinery, plastics, all the stuff that are derived from crude oil. Hell, they say that Splenda comes from crude oil. They say that uh, NutraSweet comes from crude oil. Hell, I pour that stuff in my coffee every day and I see a slick. I see like an oil slick on the top of my espresso glass. I mean, I don't see why not. I can believe that kind of stuff. If it makes money, it's, they're gonna offer it to you. They're gonna find some way to sell it to you no matter what it does to your body. It's that simple. God knows how many, you know, flavorings and stuff like that that we're putting into our bodies that are carcinogenic. I mean, cancer's here to stay. I don't think they'll ever find a cure for all those cancers. There's so many types now that, that we realize that we didn't realize before. Hell, we cook our food. The minute you cook your food, it's, it's a carcinogen. All black, burnt, anything. Hamburger, hot dogs, steak. If you're burning, it's a carcinogen. It's plain and simple. So all you barbecues out there, you're cooking cancer, you know what I mean? And I'm standing in line and I want to eat all that cancer because I love barbecues. But going back to the caliphate, going back to the cesspool that is this massive refugee crisis all over Europe, how fitting that statist socialist and Barack Obama really digs in his heels on the campaign promise of vacating Iraq and Afghanistan and a date certain and look, Come on, man, that's treasonous for the President of the United States to do that. Leave conquered territory in the hands of soldiers that are shaking at the knees with a Shiite leadership at the time in Baghdad. So obviously they were gonna to turn to, to Iran. They obviously weren't gonna respect the Sunnis the minute we leave, much less the Kurds. And then you don't own their Kurds? And then you don't do anything in Syria? You draw a line in the sand and do nothing there either. And now you have ISIS in all three countries fighting some of the people that are your enemies, like they're fighting Assad too. So what do you do with ISIL? Support ISIL to, to take down Assad? Huh? ISIL's chopping your head off. It's a hornet's nest that provokes a caliphate. Why? Because all these people are now are gonna be taken in into the United States, all over Europe, at 100,000 a pop, 100,000 people a pop. And studies show that once 5% of your population is Muslim, all of a sudden the bombs go off. Think about that. Look for it yourself like I did. Research it, snoop it, do whatever you want. 5% of your population becomes Muslim and the bombs start going off. Hell, we're not even at one half of a percent in this country. Maybe we didn't even get to 1% and yet look, you got guys shooting cops, you got guys shooting people, you got people cutting their heads being cut off. Think of how serious that is. And almost to the point where you feel like saying, you know what, the Muslim faith has to be illegal. Because if they're condoning this behavior and allowing it to exist because of the, the extremist elements of their faith, imagine, imagine if the Catholics and hard right in this country you know, blew up an abortion clinic every weekend. Because they have the religious right Christian right has killed abortionist doctors. But we're talking about doctors who, uh, you know, who are killing babies in their minds. It was like arm for an arm, tooth, tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye, you know, murder, murder. But 
that isn't what the Muslims are doing. The Muslims are killing you because you won't believe. In other words, faith by the sword. That's how they got here. And to think that Glenn Beck spelled it all out, that George Soros was behind the whole movement, putting up the big, big daddy government money, just donating to the Democrats, donating to PBS, NPR, for so long. The guy wasn't even born here, you know? You know we're in a, we're in a deep mess. This is such a mess. Let's, uh, let's go to D.C. for a moment. Let me get you some audio on the speeches by Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Sarah Palin, as they voice concerns over what looks like a done deal as many rhinos in the GP sell out to Democrats again and go ahead and mouth off about the Iran deal and then do nothing and sign away their lives. It's going to affect us for 10, 20, 30 years as the caliphate just runs through Europe with like a hundred plus billion dollars funneling into Iran after we've lifted those sanctions and get nothing in return. Happy Jewish New Year to the Tea Party. Five years ago, I stood here with you as we protested against Obamacare. But this is amazing. As a Jewish American, I want to thank each and every one of you for standing up for America and for standing up for Israel. And now by the power vested in me as Breitbart editor-at-large, I name you all honorary Jews. Reminds us as we hear it to return to our values. We should remind this Congress to return to the oath they took to the Constitution. Happy New Year, God bless you. Has been named one of time's most influential people in the world and has the network The Blaze. Please join me in welcoming our friend, Glenn Beck. Hello, America. I've solved the issue of global warming. It's not our SUVs, it's that big flaming thing in the sky. I come to you today with a different message. I've stood here and I've listened, but there's a different message that I wish to deliver to you today. We live in confusing times. We live in a world that is suffering under the delusion of peace and prosperity. We are being told that the world is safer. We're being told that the world economy is stable and that Islamic killers are men of peace. The confusion comes from the abandonment of truth, a truth that has been chased out of our public squares, out of our public buildings, out of the media, our university, and quite frankly, many of our churches as well. But God's timing is divine. 
If we fail to restore truth, God will do it for us. So today, let's speak truth, God's truth, to the powers of the earth. I don't believe in coincidence. I told you when Benjamin Netanyahu came to Congress and spoke over a year ago, nobody really heard and saw the timing of his speech. When he spoke last year, the Torah portion that was studied that week in synagogues all over the world was the story of Esther. It was God's message to Esther. It was Benjamin Netanyahu's message to America. America has a special role, just like the role of Esther. And we can recognize it and save lives, or we can deny it and lose our role and lose our lives. But once again, God's timing is perfect. In this week's Torah portion, we are told of the story of the early Israel, uh, Israelites where Moses stood on the edge of the promised land and commanded God's people choose life or death, light or darkness, or they would be swept from their promised land. Today, we are faced with the exact same choice. Choose life and light over darkness and death. But I have a renewed hope because something is happening in America. Something is happening all around the world. I believe we are no longer fooled by those who have made good evil and evil good. With Planned Parenthood and the slaughter of our police officers in the streets, while we get into bed with bad guys and run guns in Benghazi to people who now rape children and sell them into slavery, we realize now that we have been silent for far too long. We have been dulled, we have been dulled into a senseless slumber. But there are millions of people that are waking right now all around the world. They're shaking themselves. They're shaking their families awake. They are turning back to eternal principles because there is a hunger for truth, unvarnished truth, authentic truth, eternal truth. We even have come now, thank God, to a point where we will accept that we may not like the truth and we know that it will not make us comfortable, but we can deny it no longer. Today, we return to eternal principles, to stand with God and his chosen people. And make no mistake, that is exactly what this treaty is really all about. This time, darkness and evil comes differently. This time, evil has started to quench its thirst for blood with the extermination of the Christians. Just a few years ago in Syria, there were over two million Christians in Syria. There are now only 400,000 left. A genocide is already underway. But make no mistakes, it will kill the Muslims that aren't Muslim enough, 
the homosexual who just wants to live his life, the women and children, and evil will get around to the Jew because it always does. After World War II, the world made a promise. After we saw the slaughter of innocents in World War II, we said, never again. I testify you to you today that never again is now. Two weeks ago, 30,000 people came to the same streets that gave birth to a movement that ended segregation. Many of you were there. We marched on the same streets that Martin Luther King marched. The city of Birmingham said it was the largest civil rights march in Birmingham since 1963. It was a unity march. It was people that had different backgrounds and different religions all coming together to take a stand to stand for the victims that were being slaughtered by terrorists that are supported by Iran, to rescue those Christians who have been marked with the mark of the Nazarene for death. Our Statue of Liberty cries out to those people, the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to be free, the tempest tossed, but our government will not take them. We will transplant entire Somali Muslim communities to Minneapolis, but we have closed our door and our hearts and stand silently by for the Christians who are crucified. Or even worse, we empower or fund Iran's goal of vaporizing Israel. In time, in mere minutes, Iran will be able to accomplish more than Hitler did in over a decade. Meanwhile, our own government, our representatives are giving us a false choice, a choice of treaty or war. This, make no mistake, was exactly what was said before World War II. The sane, the rational, were so desperate to avoid war that they sent the Prime Minister of England, Neville Chamberlain, to meet with Adolf Hitler. And evil wore its mask. It played the game and spoke the soothing words that evil always speaks when people are eager for peace. This is the original letter that Neville Chamberlain brought home. This is the letter signed by Neville Chamberlain that he wrote to the Hitler Youth where he explained to the Hitler youth that he had just met with their leader and their leader wanted as much peace as Neville Chamberlain and the West did. Upon his return, the masses cheered as Chamberlain stepped from his plane and announced, peace in our day. But just as it was then, it is now a lie. There is only one that can choose war. They are those who wish to cover the world with their corrupted ideology that Allah 
is our God, and Allah demands death of all who will not submit. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a God of spirit over flesh. He is a God of love and life. He is a God of hatred, of, of love and life over hatred and death. And today we must choose the God of life over the false God of death. We must not cower and we must not compromise. It is beyond unreasonable not to take seriously the threat of death by another. When someone says they will wipe the Jew off the face of the earth, you must take them seriously. They mean it. Of children of courage. Today, I want the Almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to know that I stand with His law, not those that are passed in the corrupt chambers behind me, but those that come from above. No matter where evil lurks, evil must be put on notice today that the mighty arm of God is rising up and evil will be defeated. It should enjoy this season of chaos, but know that it is short-lived, for we know how the story ends. God does not pick sides, but he demands that we pick sides. Rest assured, evil's days are numbered, as are those days of those who rule with fear and terror and death, backroom deals and corruption. You are all put on notice today. You can play your games, you can count those votes. To those who say they will drive the Jew into the sea, they may think they have won, but they should understand they have not seen America, the real America, in over 70 years, and they have poked this bear one too many times. America may be delayed, but the rest of the world should know God will not be delayed. Make no mistake, treaty or none, the nation of Israel will stand. No Jew in Europe would have thought in 1944 that God would use that unending night to hold true to his promise and restore the nation of Israel, but he did. And I testify to you, he will do the same again today in his time and in his way. This era of confusion and error, these days of darkness will end because our God is a God of covenants. We as his people must understand he will keep all of his promises. He has told us that he will bless those that bless Israel. He will curse those who curse Israel. I make you this promise and warning today. Those words will be fulfilled. Our action as a nation and as individuals today, the reason why I am here is because I want to be seen by the Almighty God because our fate is being sealed. 
let this be the day that we all declare we shall serve no other king but God. He is a mighty and a just God and a God of miracles. And I beg all with eyes to see and all with ears to hear. I, I beg, this is our last call to return to our roots and to choose life. The hour is later than we think and the morning will come. And I warn those who wish to stand on the sidelines to claim ignorance or helplessness, not to stand is to stand, not to speak is to speak. There will be no spectators in this struggle and God will not hold you blameless. We are told, we are told by those in power that we must give in or the world will abandon us. First of all, I believe that is a lie, but if it were true, good, so be it. We are supposed to be the shining city on the hill. That's who we are. That is our purpose. We have to be the light in a world of darkness. We are the ones who are supposed to stand for morality, fight for those who can't protect themselves. Let the world abandon us. If that's who they are, we'll be better off alone. Because of Barack Hussein Obama and the American Jew who voted for him twice and reelected him twice and wrote him checks, the American Jew supporting the Democratic Party since the heydays. Where did Nazism, fascism become something of the right? Where does that come from? Where does that debased thought, you know? Conscientious ignorance, as Einstein and Martin Luther King used to say. There's nothing more dangerous than that. This massive movement based on a lie, based on a debased premise. Like somehow Democrats were more interested in the African-American community than Republicans. When Lincoln, a Republican, founded the Republican Party practically on this message that all men are created equal. And diligently opposed the Dred Scott case while president. Conscientious objector, like the Ken Davis lady in Kentucky. Think about all these things, my readers. Think about all these things. I'm here to, we're here to say it. I'm here to banter this about. I don't believe to have all the answers. I do believe I have a certain amount of wisdom because I lack a certain amount of intelligence, so I have a certain amount of sense of things. I can connect dots and maybe other people aren't connecting. So I'm here to tell you these things. And please email me, call, call in the show. We're here at Blink Radio, 94.5 in South Florida. The echo from Cuba's game. Let me know what you think. I think Glenn Black's a hero for letting us know. The Pied Piper that nobody listened to, nobody followed. And now, look at the mess we're in. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, 
Subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.